Hey, everyone. You're listening to On the House with Spartan, an ad-free podcast brought to you by a full-service turnkey company. I'm your host, Lindsay Davis, CEO and co-founder of Spartan Invest. On this show, we talk about all things real estate, from market patterns, industry insight, construction, property management, and other investment avenues. We hope you'll join as we dive into today's episode of On the House with Spartan. Welcome back to another episode of On the House with Spartan Invest. I'm really excited for today's episode. We have a special guest, Johnny Wolf, who is the CEO and founder of Homeroom. Thank you so much, Johnny, for joining us today. Yeah, Lindsay, super happy to be here. Um, excited to you know, share with your listeners and share about what we do at Homeroom with roommates. Pretty crazy world out there. I, I have loved learning and reading more about your company. So tell us just kind of broad, what is what is Homeroom? Yeah, so Homeroom helps investors make 50% more rent. We do that by enabling them to purchase homes remotely and rent out each room separately. So it's really our, that's really the kind of the, the high level notes. Um, kind of more specifically, we're, you know, passive income strategy for funds um, as well as high net worth investors or kind of new investors um, to buy homes in other cities. We're in uh, 10 different metros today. And we'll help you, you know, potentially rehab the home uh, if you get it off market so you can get a deal or you can buy a home on the MLS. We'll rehab it. We'll add some bedrooms, most likely, and we'll set it up for, co- for co-living, which is rent by each room is rented out separately to tenants. They're on one giant master lease. And that approach can yield substantially more rent than if you just rent out the whole house to a family in certain homes. Absolutely. Um, so how, how did this concept come about? Like, how, how did you get started down this road? Uh, yeah, I mean, it started because I, you know, started my career in the Bay Area right? in 2008, um, moved to San Jose, California. It's like one of the top 10 most expensive places to live uh, in America. And I had a, you know, a job, I was making like 48,000 a year or something. And so roommates in the Bay, like we have, there's people in the Bay area that are software engineers and they, they're, they have roommates cause it's just cr- exorbitantly expensive. So I lived with roommates for seven years in the Bay area. Um, and I was in, buying properties remotely, but the, you know, I ran a roommate house myself in, um, Sunnyville, which is pretty close to San Jose for, uh, three years. And, um, around 2015, I just decided, Hey man, I, you know, living in the Bay is fun. People are really cool, but, um, you know, my career path's not taking me as far as I want to go. I'm going to switch kind of like to startups, which I was doing, but also do real estate investing. So I looked at every market in the United States. I thought Austin in 2015 had the best chance of really rapid appreciation. And so I moved to Austin, Texas and started to buy homes with primary residence loans pretty rapidly. And each one of those homes I rented out by the room. And because I was buying homes in a little bit more up and coming neighborhoods, they weren't even cash flowing in 2015. Um, So that strategy, actually, it worked really well. And so in 2018, uh, moved to Kansas City to buy more single family rentals that ran out by the room um, with a target on cash flow, more than appreciation in Kansas City um, to balance out my portfolio. So that's really kind of the evolution of it. It was really like a personal the way I lived and, the, and I had invested and I merged the two together. And then I got real tired of managing my roommates. So I decided I'm going to start a company to, so to is help that, me with that, is, essentially. Is, uh, <laughs> is that the situation where you said you had a bad experience with a Craigslist? 
Yeah, Craig, Craig, Craigslist roommate. There's so many fun Craigslist stories out there. Um, I'm telling yeah, the, you. Yeah, the Craigslist roommate experience I have is when I, you know, I first moved to Kansas City. Um, I moved into this this four bedroom house with some uh, with three other guys, and it was like pretty cool. But the issue with you know like uh, the guy living there owned it, but there was like no rules or regulations, and we had uh, one of the roommates who would just always buy fresh produce, but like he wasn't really clean. Right. And so at one point I just started to like, just bat away flies constantly. <laughs> I was like working, you know, cause I was working uh, remotely at the time. And like, there's suddenly to be like two, one, two, three, then there's like a hundred flies. And then there was more flies and they just never stopped. And we realized that our, you know, our uh, vegan roommate had just had bought a giant thing of potatoes. He had totally forgotten about it in the basement and that, like, it created, like, a fly colony that had, like, ah. infested the house, right? And the part that I was, like, the big challenge for me is that there wasn't really, like, a rule about how that should be handled, right? It was, like, mm-hmm. it's, like, you kind of, like, you know, like, you should be paying for this, like, pest control situation. Or you should be, you know, fixing this. And, like, there should be some damages. But there was no setup, right? And so that's part of what inspired Homeroom is we have, like, some really nice, clean rules that everyone knows going in. If you have issues with another roommate, we help manage that. So that was the part that I think is a real value add for roommates. It's just like a clean set of operating guidelines because most people are great roommates, respectful, but then every one out of like every 20 is just like awful. <laughs> Maybe it's Absolutely. higher. I don't know. And oh, so like well, you really want, you want some help with that, right? I think. Oh, 100%. And I mean, and I think that anybody that's familiar, especially if you've ever dipped your toe into any kind of property management space and that the vast majority of like our residents at Atlas Rental Property are great. They're fantastic. But there are those that are that are just not. And that's where we step in and we handle handle that. So it's great that Homeroom is sure. able to provide that as well to investors. So tell me a little bit about how investors work with you. So do, do you work, you partner with investors? Do you help them identify the properties or walk us through like if if I'm a client, how do I how do I work with you? Yeah. So, you know, frequently and I a lot of I think um a lot of the kind of real estate investing kind of turnkey ecosystem is geared towards sort of folks that are trying to diversify assets, right? They may live not in a market that makes a lot of sense for real estate investing because you can't cash flow in California really at all. So they'll come to us. And then, you know, the first thing we like to start them with is like, because we're in multiple markets to help them. We try to, we think it helps us be less biased as well as like match what they're looking for. Some investors are very early and they want appreciation. Some want, passive income. And so, you know, you're looking at like Columbus versus Austin, right? So we're going to identify what you want. A lot of times those are kind of mushed together and we'll help you pull it apart and what your objectives are. Uh, Then we'll begin, you know, we'll help you get pre-qualified. We have lenders, partners, and we'll then identify a home. And you can kind of go down one of two roads. If you have like a lot of cash and you want to do a a flip, you can, right? We're going to enable you to do a, we'll, we'll do a managed flip on your behalf. Um, you'll have to deploy more capital, but from an ROI standpoint, you'll do a bit better. We also have more turnkey offerings, which are just MLS homes. And we'll, we'll, um, we'll, I, we'll look at the home. We'll do the underwriting on both of these. And we'll say, here's your returns after we are done with all the work on it, right? We're going to underwrite the future rent. We're going to underwrite the future repairs. And um, once we get it under contract with you and we'll review during the entire contract period, our, we'll be like kind of going in there and checking our assumptions and making sure those numbers are right. Um, with room by room rentals, you kind of have to like really go in and review, right? Because 
you're, you're a lot of times adding some bedroom walls and you want to make sure those bedrooms are big enough. You're going to redo your pricing on the rooms and all, during the contract phase. So this, there's a lot of fine tuning along the way. And then once the property is done, we'll do construction um, and we'll do furniture and we'll, we'll, and then we'll lease it up. And from there, you, I mean, you don't really have to do much of anything except decide on the home and then write a check. But along the way, we're kind of doing all these checks with you and you're allowed to be as involved in that process as you want. That's great. Yes, absolutely. That's what investors want is that that passive income uh, when they're looking to diversify um, their, you know, their investment portfolio. So do you manage the property after the fact or the investors manage the properties? We manage we manage after the fact. We're, so we're full stack. Everything. If you just had one hundred fifty thousand dollars and you said, go do something for us and then like I'll be back in 10 years, we, we, we could do that for you. Right. So we're going to do pretty much everything. Awesome. Awesome. How yeah. many properties do you currently manage? Uh, we have 200 today. That's great. Over 10 markets, man. That's that's awesome. So what would you say that this is a pretty hot topic right now uh, and you've been in this space for years. So would you say right now is a good time to invest in real estate? I know what my answer is, but I've, you know, I'm obviously I'm hosting a real estate <laughs> podcast, so I'm biased, but I would, lo- I would love your opinion. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's a good, it's a good point. Um, can you can you trust real estate people about real estate? I don't know. Um, <laughs> and market timing. You know, I mean, like I'm looking to buy right now. I think, you know, it, it's it's similar in equities. It's I think it's the same line of thinking. And my background's in finance, right, and banking and stuff. And and so the, the you know the there's a few people that can really time the market and predict the market with like a lot of like or at least understand true value like Warren Buffett, like he sees value and like most in a way that most people cannot. And if you're Warren Buffett, then I think it's a good idea to time asset purchasing. If you're like the other 99.999% of us, I think it's probably prudent to sort of dollar cast average your investments, right? Like it's, I think there's advantages to, and there's definitely, you know, there's definitely advantages when it's 3% interest rate to buy. Mm-hmm. There's some advantages when there's a lot more headwinds because there's less potentially, you know, there's different competitive environments, prices, are, you know, the bidding wars aren't going to get as aggressive. Right. So I, I think the asset class of real in, in like a lot of times with I think all asset investing, investors get like a very short time horizon of focus. And that just throws off the higher level vision and strategy for what they're trying to achieve, which is like build a real estate portfolio that performs really well when I'm retired, you know, in 30 years, it's not, it's, I think it's pretty unlikely. You're not, you're going to look at any of the real estate differently. You'll probably have refinanced a higher rate loan. You'll, you know, you'll be glad that you own 10 properties. Right. And so I, I just think it's like, if you have a source of capital that you're accumulating and you need to deploy it, I think continue to invest in real estate on an ongoing basis is the right move. Um, will prices go down in the not too distant future? It's anybody's guess, you know, it's a weird environment out there. Um, but I just, I don't know. I just, I find it hard to recalibrate your strategy in real estate, which takes longer to acquire, just find good homes, best homes you can now continually deploy capital. And I think typically that's, that's the long-term winning strategy in this stuff. I completely agree in that, hey, if the numbers work for the deal, then the deal doesn't become a bad deal just because the interest rates have changed or et cetera, et cetera. As long as the numbers work, you know, continuing continuing to buy and um, also taking advantage of the the less competitive nature uh, that, that we're seeing right now is, is never a bad thing. 
Uh, Never a most bad of, thing. Yes. <laughs> we, 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 yeah, like back in the peak, I don't know what you guys were seeing, but we had one property in Austin that had like 97 offers on it. <laughs> and, oh my and so like, we spent like, we spent like four months. We're just like, we're not doing Austin for a little bit. Cause it was just like, we'd have investors come in and they just have their heart broken over and over and over again. People were shopping for eight months and it's like, they're getting more and more aggressive. We're like, we're just going to shut down Austin for a bit. It's, it's too zany. You don't really want to be in like the beanie baby frenzy market, you know, like it's right. not, not, not ideal. So, well, and we've definitely seen, you know, our, our acquisitions costs starting to decline and, and then be able to pass that, pass that along to investors at, towards the end of last year. So getting away from kind of the frenzy of, you know, Hey, our acquisition costs soared. It was up like 52% um, from like 21 or 20 to 22 uh, and of course, we had to pass that along as well. So, uh, you know, multiple offers. Math gets really hard. Yeah, math it gets does. really hard when it that's does. happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, Spart Invest very similar in that majority of our investor clients are not local, but you know, we we we're targeting as well those uh, living in markets that it doesn't really make sense to invest in the the local real estate. So, what would you say are the best practices? Um, you know, whether you're house hacking or, you know, purchasing the with home room, what are the best practices for remote investing? Yeah, I think, you know, I think it's you putting kind of like prioritizing the most important things and going in that order. So, right. So we think about prior to, you know, the priorities are, you know, kind of your personal financial situation and health, right? I, we generally, we're going to say like, you need to have certain amounts of reserves to invest in real estate, right? You shouldn't put your full net worth, right? So let's just, and your income should be, you know, you should be in a good position income wise, right? So as long as you're, you're, you're liquid and you have a good spot, let's get started. Great. And then we're going to help you decide between different markets, right? So we're, we're in, you know, we're, we're up to Austin or in Indianapolis, we have kind of a range in between as well as something like a Dallas where you have like some yield and some appreciation potential. We, we generally think of a market like Austin, more of like a tech stock where it's like, you have a lot of fundamentals in the market in terms of population income growth that are just off the charts and have been for a long time. And so, you know, Austin can go up, Austin can go down, but just like a company that continues to put out good earnings over time, that stock's going to outperform others. So we say, if you can, if you want appreciation and you want to build wealth and your in, in income is less important, we could probably get you something, you know, break even in Austin. Or if you're like, I'm really starting to try to stack passive income, um, properties now, then we'll probably move you towards India or if it's in between, you know, somewhere like a Dallas or Atlanta. So I, I think it's really, so kind of the, the, the advice there is like pick your market and decide who, what you want, right? You don't get everything you got to choose and it really should, you know, I think it, you need to look at it very realistically, you know, like how many homes, if cash flow is really your focus, how many homes is it going to take to get to your number and how long is that going to take? Um, and then, you know, are you trying to get to a certain wealth net worth number, right? All that. And then I think the next thing is vet your partners very well, right? So like you're, you want to, you want you, you want to like, I, I'd say pay, a, you know, I, I typically say like the range of property management prices is very, is not really that different. You know, there's different fees and stuff, but like, I would say that that that's a, the most valuable relationship that you're going to have is that individual, right? Um, and you know, picking someone that does, that like is operating really efficiently, but also has some innovation in their blood, I think is really important. Um, 
you have those three things, the, always underwrite your own deals, right? Regardless of where you are. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, property manager is the core of your team, but I would say that, that, that is, you know, the, the, your team on the ground is really, really important that you continually are improving that team, vetting them, uh, ensuring they're doing a really good job. What would you say are the the pros and cons versus the the room by room? So the obviously the pro is that you're able to what what did you state again the increase was in your in your um cash flow or your rental rate? Yeah, I mean increase. Sometimes it's over 100%. That's fantastic. Um, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Um sometimes it's 10%. That's the you know, it really varies wi- pretty widely depending on the house, the form factor location. Yeah, I mean, um, advantages are the cash flow. Advantages are you sort of have multifamily performance in a single family asset. So, like, the great thing about multifamily performance versus single family is it's less, you know, in a single family home, if you have a vacancy and a heavy, you know, like a big expensive turn, you can cost you five to ten thousand dollars, right? Because you're not getting rent, you have to pay the lease up fee, and then maybe the turn is, you know, five to 10 grand by itself, right? Because of damages. Uh, with with roommate rentals, like you lose a roommate, but the, the, you're always, the other roommates are still paying, right? So it just keeps going. You don't have those big divots. Some turns in single families are like not painful at all, most of them. But like occasionally you'll get really heavy ones and, and that just doesn't exist in roommate rentals. You pretty much can always pay your mortgage from the people that are still there. Also hard to damage a property that extensively when you have people in the living room like you know you can't like graffiti the walls if like your roommates like watching uh friends in the in the room in in the living room right so so we find that there's less of those crazy situations that will arise single family homes it's it's you know it's more it's simpler right there's it's tried and true it's all it's uh it's been around forever we know what you can predict the income you're going to get from a single family home perfectly almost like you're almost within like 25 bucks so it's just when you when you have a newer asset class you have a big upside right so if you have that you have that um if you're innovative you like it you know like you, you like advent- adventurous investing then you know you know i think co-living is a really nice fit for you it's not as it's not quite as predictable as a single family rental and it, it will be over time but right now it's less predictable and then you get more money right so that's the that's the advantage yeah, and I, I can definitely see where, you know, we see that too on the property management side where you have some uh, some move outs. And like you said, majority are fine. Majority of them are, you know, hey, we're painting the walls. We're getting this back on the market relatively quickly. But you do have those one-offs that it's it's substantial damage. Uh, you know, whether the, the whole family has, you know, if they were had to go to collections or through eviction process, et cetera, et cetera, where you would not necessarily have that with the roommate to roommate. But then also, you know, you've kind of shrunken your pool of potential tenants too by just looking for the roommate to roommate. So, I mean, uh, there's the but then you've got the upside of the additional cash flow, which is huge. You know, that that definitely sure. um, helps with with any kind of, <laughs> I, I guess, potential vacancy or anything like that's that's a very good point. It's a great. Yeah. Advantage. I mean, you know, you know, see, folks that operate single family are jealous of that ability to kind of like add cash flow. And we're jealous Absolutely. of the fact that you don't have to manage like roommates. So we each yeah. have we each have things that we're jealous of each other for. So 100 percent, 100 percent. So uh wanted to talk to you about kind of your your 
how the, your data science can really play a role in in real estate investing and what what you guys focus on in that in that regard. Yeah, so my co-founder Mike is a you know former data scientist from Facebook and Airbnb, and oh, and Google, yeah. Um, and so he he's built a lot of our data science kind of infrastructure, right? So it's you know it's a lot of it involves because with single family, you know, you you get on rent range and you're pretty much good, right? With, right. But with roommate housing, you 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 bring a data scientist onto the team, right? And so we're scraping every source of roommate uh, room data uh, and we have tens of millions of rows of different room prices throughout the country um, from, you know, from Roomster, roommate apps, uh, Craigslist, um, Facebook marketplace. So we're always correlating data um, to do create our room pricing algorithm. So that's really, really crucial on our side. You know, the, you know, the other parts of data science that, that we look at is, you know, house selection, right? So we, we're, we're trying to look at different ways to measure appreciation and how it out. We think that cash flow is safer and it's more tangible and immediate, but I, it's our belief that appreciation actually, the, the guy with appreciation actually typically wins, right? And so, no, no, I think it's, that's kind of like a, it's like not, you're not allowed to say that in real estate investing, it seems like, but like, it, it's very hard to predict. It's not impossible, but like, if you if you do appreciate if you appreciate well, no one can catch you with cash flow. Like it's just not really possible. Um, and so we're we're doing everything we can to figure that to to identify the highest appreciating assets. And that's based on proximity to certain um, core shopping areas. We're looking at distance to Starbucks, Target. Um, we're also looking at net migration score across different demographics in terms of age, income, um, and so different indicators that we think show like upside to the market and to the location. So that that's all part of what we're doing in our selection process. Um, it's still art more than science, right? The, you know, the, one of the issues with immigration and data and all that population data is a lot of it ha- is based on census data that ends up being pretty old. So future projecting like trends of, you know, uh, population trends and, and even current can be very, very difficult. But, um, we're getting better and better at it and it's, you know, it's gradually making more and more of a difference. Awesome. Yeah, no, that's, and there's, there's only so much that it'll carry you too, because you still have to have your kind of boots on the ground team as well. And, and I think that that's making sure that you still are able to access that is what helps those who want to invest remotely being, you know, be allowed to do so. Yeah, yeah, you can't. I mean, like, even if the data scientists are like, you should invest here and you don't have like a good team on the ground, it's not super, not very helpful. No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. Not super helpful in that case. Well, Johnny, thank you so much. Um, so how do how do we get a hold of you? How, how do uh, listeners uh, get in touch with you or learn more? Yeah, so you can, um, you know, reach me at johnny at livehomeroom.com. Um, I love talking about roommate housing, uh, anything real estate investing. If you have cool trends that you want to share with me, I like to I like to hear about them and take a look, um, or, or help you if you're doing roommate housing yourself. Uh, you can also schedule a time with me or my team members to look at a homeroom deal, um, and uh, livehomeroom.com/backslash/invest, and that's that's our that's our stuff. Awesome! Thank you so much for uh, joining us today. I greatly appreciate it. It was very interesting to hear. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Enjoyed it a lot.
All right. Well, that's another episode of On the House with Spartan Invest. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you guys for listening today. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. If you want to learn more, check us out online at SpartanInvest.com. Until next time, this is On the House with Spartan.